tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Well, hello everybody, and welcome to another amazing AfterBuzz TV aftershow for your favorite show, Hemlock Grove. We're on Season 3, Episode 5, The Boy in the Box. I'm your host, Sean Overman, and you can find me at Sean Austin O on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm um, joined here by my lovely, beautiful co-host across from us, as usual. Hello, everyone. I'm Mercy Serafini. You can follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV. And I'm Mary Lou Mandel. You can find me on all social media at Mary Lou Mandel. And today we're joined by a special guest. He plays Ator Quantic on Hemlock Grove, Richard Gunn. Hi, how you doing? Thanks for joining <laughs> us, Richard. You grace us with your presence. Yeah, my pleasure. So thank you, yeah, thank you so much for coming in. I'm yeah, really excited. Yeah, we are excited to have you here, and we're, we're just going to be talking about so much stuff. This was such a great episode, Boy in the Box, and we're, we're going to talk about you and what's going on with uh, your character, Ator, and Shelly, and we're going to talk about Price. But let's start talking about Price, because this guy, we got to reveal so much about his personal life, and never had we seen anything like this before. He's always in the White Tower, right? Or in right. the laboratory. He's always in brightness and bright rooms, mm-hmm. and then you would never really think how ironic his character grew up in a dark box. Yeah, I wonder if people really ever speculated about his past, you know, because he's so iconic. Yeah. Uh, and the, he, the, the way that he rules that white tower. He does, and it's it's interesting that you guys both bring that up because I was so at every moment I feel was fun and like more than satisfactory with him in the laboratory in the White Tower. Just mm-hmm. every scene, had just pop, pop, pop. Everything was humorous, funny, great dynamics with all the characters that Price has, and then the the metaphor of him being in the White Tower and then being in a black box. And we just got to hear mm-hmm. that last episode that he doesn't like being in boxes. But then it's it's really counterintuitive because we hear him say this episode that he feels something calming about being a box. And it's like a cleansing and it's something he needs to do. It's like he's punishing himself. We got to see that when he was a little boy. And mm-hmm. he, at, at the first point, you know, he, he was like a toddler practically. And his father puts him and forces him into the box. And then when he's in prepubescent, he looks at his father, which is probably, you know, many, obviously many years have elapsed, and his father is like, just gives him the look, and he goes in the box himself, right? So that's kind of like what he's doing now, right, with, with this whole thing. What, what do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. I feel like he's putting himself in the box. He's self-punishing. And, you know, like, when I saw that, like, it actually kind of, I, I related a lot to that, because I remember uh, growing up and thinking, like, just self-punishing. You know, and people will be like, you know, you didn't really do anything wrong. And I'm like, no, but I did because of whatever happened when I was younger. And I felt like I needed to punish myself. Like, I was like, oh, I'm just going to ground myself. And they're like, no, you can, you can go do something <laughs> with your friends. It's fine. Yeah. You know, it's, so. it's also interesting knowing that Johan has such a dark past. I mean, we've been hinted that he has a sort of past, thanks to Olivia. 
but now we actually get the reveal of what exactly it is and kind of makes us understand the audience and the audience understands like where he comes from and why mm-hmm. he's so mentally irregular in a way I well guess it also say. makes him so much more human yes yeah um, mm-hmm. and I think you know he's this he's this uh, genius mm-hmm. that's uh, the ruling this um, white tower and 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 coming up with all these amazing uh, ideas and inventions and um, it really humanizes him and shows his his uh, vulnerability yeah I think and I think he's he's punishing himself I don't I, I didn't see it as him punishing himself going to the box I think he finds a, some sort of twisted comfort in that mm-hmm yeah it's like if you're can you grow up conditioned one way that's all you what you know mm-hmm. and I think that's where he finds his comfort in that yeah, yeah, I agree yeah. with you. Because yeah, he does say that, that the, the darkness, like, washes everything away. Mm-hmm. But then he chooses to spend all his time in the white tower. But then he was, you know, he was in the... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Talks so much when he was a kid as punishment, but I'm sure he found a way to to cope with it, mm-hmm. and that probably was where the, the comforting element of that came from. Right. Mm-hmm. But I was surprised that he put his dad in the box. I thought he was just going to leave. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, this is not a, that yeah. is Hemlock Grove. That is Hemlock Grove. What he did to him. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh. I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> That's twisted. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I thought it was so fascinating because we opened the episode with him going into that club, right? We don't know what kind of oh, a place right, it is. Right, right. And uh, we're like, what? What's he doing? Is he going to a strip club? Mm-hmm. And he's, he's going to, to meet a dude. Yeah, so. it's not a techno spa. No, it's not a techno spa. No. But they play techno. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I thought it was, um, I thought it was so fascinating. And I, he goes in there, right? There's, there's no lights. He turns off the lights, and then there's so much, uh, there's so much jargon that they spout off in the first exchange between him and this random guy. Oh, like online meeting jargon? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he's, he says, uh, top and popper friendly. Mm-hmm. And and then, so, and I looked this up. I don't know if you did, Marissa. Did you? Oh, to? no, you can say it. All right. So I looked it up, and uh, I was so surprised. Urban Dictionary says it's um, an amyl nitrate, which is a small brown bottle that contains solvates in it, and it relaxes the anus. So it, it, it allows them to have anal sex more. Which is crazy. I was like, "What?" They, uh, the first time I they said it, I was like, "Okay, what pop? Like, what is he talking about?" Like, I, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was just That's so funny. yeah. But I, I was just clear like, to have a Coca Cola. <laughs> yeah, I was just like blown away. What's going on here? And I didn't even really get it until halfway through the episode when you see the guy behind him. Mm. Right, yeah. I, I still, I, I was like, okay, maybe he's just like, maybe he's doing something else with the guy. He's not ha- having what's what's actually going on, but it was. Well, I think they speculated in seasons one and two that Price is gay, so now we finally got the confirmation that he is. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, we got to see it. That's another interesting thing is that they switched from from Destiny. Like, she probably wasn't gay. She's probably she's bisexual, right? Because in season one they had her mm-hmm. with uh, Shelser. And and then she started being with uh, 
Andreas. With Andreas, Luke Camarelli's character, mm-hmm. uh, and but now we've we've gone back. So we haven't had like any kind of bisexual relationships really, or gay relationships on the show. But now we see Price coming out of the closet, and it's so fascinating too because um, he goes online later on in the episode, and he's like, it, "Do you guys feel like he's tired of doing these like late night things in the techno bang rooms?" I think he enjoys it. Well, I think he. Yeah, I'm sure there's. I'm sure he enjoys it, but it's like he 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 probably. He, it seems in this episode that he evolves beyond it personally. Yeah, mm-hmm. he wants to have a real relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't want to just have some anonymous sex. <clears throat> yeah, that's actually shown really well with with the guy. Um, that that he meets up with, it never shows his face. It's always shrouded in darkness. Even the guy's hair is kind of like bangs that are drooping down over mm-hmm. his eyes. So you never get to see his face at all. And and then we see on the online dating site that he's really staring at this guy. Yeah. This, this new prospective mate right mm-hmm. in the eyes. And that's when he writes him. And he's really uh, writes a very you know revealing uh, uh, email to him, yeah. saying that he wants to. He wants to have a relationship. Yeah, Mm -hmm. saying, you know, I know this is a journey that I have to go on my own, but maybe I'll find a friend who can help me find the light switch. So that's, like, really sweet. Nice metaphors. Yeah. Yeah. Vulnerable for for him, again, more human. Yeah, Yeah. a very different episode than what we've seen Mm -hmm. of him. Yeah, we've always thought Price was so superhuman in previous seasons. Like, he speaks a dozen languages. I know, he's a genius. (laughs) Yeah. He's like... A super brain. Yeah, mm-hmm. seriously. He probably has an IQ of 200. Uh-huh. Uh, he knows how to play piano, play the drums, like create his own drum set, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> um, but we, he's starting to do slips in this mm-hmm. episode. We have him do that slip of the tongue with Roman mm-hmm. near the beginning mm-hmm. of the episode. Yeah. And he yeah. talks about the Nazi and Spivak connection. And then Roman's like, Wait, what are you talking about? I never mm-hmm. gave you that information. How did you get a hold of that? Right, mm-hmm. and you know, then later on we get to see that opens up the door for Roman and Peter to find the Ochoa connection to Olivia. Well, yeah, and he's yes. been he's been off his pins uh, uh, ever since the the beginning of this season, right? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's been really like his hair. We talked about how his hair is just not combed; it's down. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he was like not wearing a blazer, which is so unlike him. Uh, his tie was like loosened so many times, and you know, obviously we get to see him. He's probably breaking down and maybe maybe he hasn't been frequenting the the techno bang rooms i'm just gonna call it that because i don't know what to call it (laughs) but he hasn't been frequenting these because his projects have been going well until the end of last season which was only in their time six weeks before this Mm -hmm. he's also popping pills so lord knows what that's doing to him biologically anatomically physiologically physically there's probably a reason for he's been going through some kind of a personal personal crisis or catharsis you know mm-hmm. yeah um so was there anything else about price that we wanted to discuss well i think he played the drums himself oh man i think he did that himself <laughs> oh yeah, joel. great yeah that yeah. looked genuine yeah i truly believe that <laughs> joel de la fuente that he is an amazing actor did He's you get to very talented. have too many many scenes with him no i didn't i had he was on set one day when i was uh there and um but i i uh he was just a very, very kind, kind man, and 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 very supportive and genuine person. I really enjoyed, you know. I hung out with him a few times. And he's a great guy, and I think he's a very talented actor. 
Yeah, that's a fact. That he mm-hmm. is. Uh, one more thing about the the music he was playing. I'm trying to remember who the composer was, but it would make sense if it was Bach. I'm just like trying to connect the dots between oh, being named Johann oh. after Johann Sebastian Bach. Right. But I, I don't know the musical score. Yeah. It yeah. sounds familiar. Like everyone should know that. But yeah, I, mm-hmm. we could probably hold up like. Our SoundCloud, yeah. SoundCloud apps, or like, or like SoundHound, or something next to the TV. And right, or if any of the viewers, if you know what it is, I'm sure somebody out there knows. Tweet it at us, or yes. put it in the comments. Yeah. Be, sh- be yeah. sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, YouTube, and give us a like, give us a thumbs up, so that uh, so that we know. And we have the coffee coming in for Richard right now. <laughs> I, I requested a coffee. You're so kind to give it for me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Great. Here, let me move your water oh, so you can put that on the It's coast strong there. coffee. I'll let you know that. There you go. <laughs> let's get this interview started. Well, right. Yeah, it is strong. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's let's talk about Shelly and Ator and yeah. how their relationship is going. So what? So give us... I want to hear some background on Ator because we don't know too much about him. I think he talked to Shelly a little bit a few episodes ago when he got introduced yeah. in the hallway. Yeah. So what? what is... Describe Ator for us, Richard. Well, I think it's safe to to describe him without spoiling anything for anyone. I mean, the show's out. That's all All the episodes are out. So Ator, um, Ator has kind of a, a past that he keeps to himself, and he's, he's a, a very sensitive feeling person um and uh, i think very creative soul and he wants to help people but it's also kind of a uh, a self-imposed penance for uh, for wrongs that he's committed in the past right and we got a little hint of that because uh ochoa was like he's got some unsavory things right Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. you said he had priors Mm -hmm. priors but He's, he's also a very innocent soul, so it's not like he was did anything on purpose. He, had, he just mm-hmm. had an unfortunate um, experience, mm-hmm. and it's been following him. And but more importantly, it's been uh, plaguing him internally. And I think he feels very guilty about it, and really feels the need to uh, repent to the world and to society. And um, and, and that's that, why he's helping out yeah. these people on the outskirts of society. Correct, yeah. And I, I think he also has a deep uh, understanding of, of how that is to be on the outside and to have no one uh, to rely on or care for you or to, you know. Um, in the, in the, I think in the, in the episode he's introduced in, the character's introduced in, uh, he talks about this, the odd, he, he has this monologue about about uh, the the mammals that eventually evolved into whales, and, mm-hmm. and there and there was one that was um, <clears throat> stood out. He was the oddball, but he, what? And the point of it was that the oddball is the one that took the the other animals and led them to the sea to become uh, to evolve into whales. Moses, they, Moses, Moses wet, the whale. wet Moses, wet Moses, yeah, and uh, so he. He, yeah, but he, who was Fat Mo before he was Wet Moses, <laughs> and uh, and so the importance of that was, you know, y- y- you're different, but you're still special <laughs> to everyone out there. And I think it especially resonated with Shelley. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah because she's been, ju- she's had a really difficult life. You know, we have a lot of people, 
Actually, we have very few people. I would obviously Roman, her brother, cares about her very, very <laughs> much. And um, even though her mom cares about her, Olivia, it's just in a really twisted way, in a very controlling way. Well, a very selfish way. Yeah. Self-serving way. Yeah. yeah. And, and then we have Price, who loves everything about her. Yeah. Un- unconditionally, like, he, and he's a scientist, too. So his, he loves, like, her at the molecular level, especially when she used to illuminate when, um, because of affection. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, she used to glow. Yeah. yeah. Right. And we even had Norman who showed great affection towards her as well. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, her I uncle. Mean, even the poem was for Norman. Yeah. Yeah, and it was a very quick poem, too. I don't I don't recall exactly what it was. It was a Richard Brodigan poem. Yes, yeah. it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which was short. Yeah, Boo Forever is very, they're often very short. Mm-hmm. I liked how, was it, oh, that was it. It was only, what, like two lines? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. It's, that's, well, I thought she was going to say more, which is so funny. And, but I love the thing about a ghost spinning on the bottom of a top, which is so like, it's, it, everything's like irony in that statement, which is great. Mm-hmm. And I think it also just shows that she misses someone. And that she has to, she's haunted by the fact that she's living a life without someone that she actually cares for, hence Norman. Mm-hmm. And a life that she feels is hopeless. Yeah. Until she has come to meet people that she can resonate with or, you know, connect with. Yeah, she can mm-hmm. help a lot of people, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, we saw last episode... Uh, one of the one of the other characters uh, who are around in Roosterpoot. We love that name, by the way. Roosterpoot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she helped uh, the she helped the person remove the bottom of a spray can that was like malfunctioning or something. Some, I forgot exactly. It was an airbrush. It was an airbrush. Yeah, okay, yeah great. she had to twist the top off. Yeah, and obviously because she's so strong, Frankenstein type strength, she can take that off really easily. And we got another example of that strength today, where we had in this episode we had uh, McDougal. Uh, making havoc as usual, taking mm-hmm. people's stuff, and she just grabs him and is like, I told you! I warned you! And she just throws him right out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she's really finding her strength and, and, and a purpose. I think that's, I mean, that's probably what the, a lot of what the despair was, is she had no no purpose and no love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like how she's using her strength for good, mm-hmm. whereas a lot of people are just afraid that she's going to attack people, where actually she's helping other people in a, in a way with her strength. Yeah, because she's a completely, completely innocent, pure soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love the connection with the James Cameron characters. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm a James Cameron fan. I was uh-huh. like, yes, Ripley. Yeah, I was like, Ripley, <laughs> Sarah Connor. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, yeah, oh, the James Cameron heroine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's all fitting in there, which mm-hmm. is so cool. And I love how in this in, in this episode we get Ator doing a lot of that. Like, he just makes so many allusions to different forms of media in the past. And, uh, and he talks about Piranha, which I looked at Piranha. I don't know. Have you guys ever seen Piranha mm-hmm. too? Yeah. I, I never saw it myself, but I, I saw I saw one article saying that it was described as being abject, and I was like, "Oh man, that's like the worst thing you could probably <laughs> say, right?" But it's funny how Ator. That's exactly his character, though, because he can find the beauty in, in even the most ugly looking things like what, what other people would consider to right. be ugly yeah. and he finds that um, he finds the whole thing about humans like destroying nature and therefore we're going to destroy the world theme in that movie mm-hmm. yeah, and he, he really uh, he's, he's, he has some intellectual prowess and I think the, the connections that he makes are, are, are very unique uh, you know with ideas and, and the way he sees the world and of course the way he sees people and um, I mean, I think I don't think that he really even. It, it, it's only 
of passing interest to him the, the way Shelley looks. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. doesn't really have any bearing on how he feels about her. Um, if anything, he he likes it because yeah. he he has a fascination with that kind of oh, stuff. Like, yeah, it's fascinating, but it's also it's also he sees past. It's her soul and her 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 pure person mm-hmm. that that is that is what really shines to him. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I think it's also the fact that Shelley herself is very sensitive too, so it might be something that he connects with. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, uh, I th- I think they have a very sweet uh, dynamic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it would be interesting to see how the relationship carries on with the baby and all of it. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's you know what's pretty funny is I I feel like she had that uncle relationship with Doctor Price, right? Right, Uncle Norman as well. But then we see Ator come along, and I really thought in the first few episodes that he was there meeting Shelley that he was also going to fill that void to take that uncle spot but now it's just and I actually didn't see it going towards a romance but this episode now we know that they they have a romantic connection Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I don't think either one of them saw that coming either you know I think it was a surprise and um, I know there's quite a quite an age gap between the two of them Um, but again that's just Something that's really not relevant to uh, to to his thinking is not that he's uh, you know or to their love not that he's yeah. a pervert or some their child molester he just mm-hmm. it's just not something like, that really was acknowledged yeah they had like a different kind of connection yeah, like exactly. a real like, human connection and both of them probably feeling outcasted when you yeah. find somebody you connect with right like Harold mm-hmm. and Maude I mean that mm-hmm. was uh, another giant age gap that just was was irrelevant mm-hmm. and. Yeah. Yeah, and and additionally to that, sh- they are both on the outskirts of society now. Right. She's she's living with all these people in this place that's a made up community, mm-hmm. pretty much. It's not obviously not recognized by any government, city officials, and it's, why do they have to follow all of society's norms? They're not normal people. That's that's true. That's correct. Yeah. Um. But yeah, was there anything else? So they go on the date. Um. I thought it was funny how. They had uh, that we we get to see a vulnerability in Ator, mm-hmm. and the the entire the entire time he's been in all the episodes, he's always been like the really wise guy. He even had that thing about nervousness or nervous. Oh, yeah. like, You're not nervous, okay? <laughs> nervous is over there, right? Right, right, right? But then in on the date, we have Ator say. Well, you know what? That's it's it's an irony that I've been saying that about nervous because I'm actually nervous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm putting on this this show that I know how to deal with nervousness, and then here I am. I got nervous again. So yeah, I don't think that that little trick always works. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but I was so happy for Shelley to get like a romantic interest. Yeah, uh-huh. you know. She's going to have her first kiss. It's and, really you know. sweet. Her first day and probably her first kiss. Right, you know? I think so. With someone who will actually, who cares about her, mm-hmm. and will actually treat her good, yeah. compared to everyone else in society who has treated her so poorly, and who sees her for who she really is, mm-hmm. yeah. Until we find out that he's some kind of weird demon that like mm. digs underneath trees or something, I don't know. We haven't watched the rest of the <laughs> oh. episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you may, yeah, you may, that may happen. We don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> but so we know he has priors. We just don't know what they are. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. I. You know. I feel like I could speculate uh, later on during our predictions about what his mm-hmm. priors are. 
Um, I, I really don't want him to be a bad guy, uh, but we're going to see what happens. Uh, I also think it's funny how the, the, the whole show, it's dealing a lot with all these, these creatures. We have Spivak in the background probably trying to bring on the Armageddon, and that's probably what's happening in Ator's, like, the calm of the storm. Him and Shelly now, in a way. And he's just saying, you know what, I, I don't care. You know, mm-hmm. like, the, the world is being destroyed, like, slowly one bit at a time. And you know what, it's not going to end in, like, a, a big bright flash or, mm-hmm. like, a rumbling or a mushroom cloud. Like, it's, hey, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then what about Shelly getting famous on YouTube? Wow. That's Frankenstein. Infamous. Yeah. Notorious in a That's way. A big, yeah. That was a big, uh, a big surprise for them. Yeah. That's so mean. Yeah. Making just a, a viral video in that way of showing someone's literal fall <laughs> over and over again. Yeah. I know, but I don't think g- that was the intention behind it. No. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I wonder if she's going to... People gonna... can just be mean. Right. Yes, but is she in a place of confidence where she's going to, like, embrace that and be like, mm-hmm. all right, I mean, like, what, like, they're not throwing stuff at me. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just completely unexpected, mm-hmm. you know. I feel mm-hmm. like... Um, the first time I saw it, uh, I was like, oh, man, they're so mean. These kids are just stopping them on the street and, and talking trash to them and just like. But then I watched it the second time and I really looked at their faces while they were saying this. And I was like, oh, they actually and, and their intonation behind their words, too. And I was like, they actually kind of think this is cool. They kind of see her as like a pseudo celebrity now. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so in a way, I think they were actually admiring her. Mm -hmm. I think so, too. And I think it was, you know, the intention was to set it up so it looked like the same old story that she was going to get hurt or, or, you know, verbally abused or something. And then then, um, you get the opposite. Yeah, and then they're Mm -hmm. like, oh, it's Blankenstein. I told you it was her. (laughs) Blankenstein. Blankenstein. (laughs) She Blanken. Yep, she (laughs) Blanken. So that, sick remix. Yeah, <laughs> sick remix. My rich girl on YouTube. Yeah. Right. <laughs> was there anything else about Shelly or Ator you guys wanted to mention? Mm-hmm. What was it like working with Madeline? Like, how are the mechanics of her being shorter than you are in real life? Oh well, working they, with someone who's so tall. Well, first of all, Madeline is, is a very sweet, sweet person. She's kind of like Shelly in, in real life, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> uh, and she's also very. A very much an intellectual. She was always reading philosophy and stuff between takes. She's a smart girl, um, but she and she's you know obviously very talented. Um, but the the way that they did the the um, the height difference is uh, they just built ramps for her to walk on. So when we were walking down the street, um, you know after the movie, and it was snowing and. Um, she was just walking on on a very 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 long ramp. She had like a runway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's cool. What is the height difference between two, you two? Is it about a foot? Because you're a pretty, pretty tall guy. Yeah, I'm s- six foot one, and she's she's fairly short. So Maybe like five four. Something yeah, like five, say, five. yeah, something like that. Okay. So they had to they had to hike her up. I mean, I think she's supposed to be. Uh, Almost seven feet. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, just about seven feet tall in the sh- in the show. So cool. <laughs> yeah, um, I wanted to I wanted to ask you something about. Um, okay, who did you connect? Uh, obviously, you had a lot of scenes with uh, Madeline on mm-hmm. the show, but did you connect with who did you connect with the most on set? Like her, I know you had uh, Famke was in the scene with mm-hmm. you guys. Um, uh, I don't I don't know if you I don't think you did any scenes with Camille. 
But um, who else did you connect with on the show? What other actors, and what did you learn from them? Oh well, we I I didn't really get to meet a lot of them until until kind of halfway through uh, the season because it was really just mostly me and uh, Madeline, uh, and and we were at this location that would be you know we'd be there all day, and that would be it. Like no one else was really at that location. It was this it was a, a an actual. Um, warehouse or a factory an abandoned factory that that they used as the set and um it was freezing <laughs> freezing i mean i'm you know california southern california guy and like uh <laughs> my god i've never been that cold in my life but uh the the new yorkers were holding up well i'm sure oh. they're conditioned to that mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that's funny that you mentioned that because i was looking up today i was wondering like how cold was it over there? And I looked up the temperature right now over there. Into if it was it was in Toronto that you guys were filming. Yeah, Toronto. So it was. It's thirty in the degrees. dead of winter. Oh wow! You know, so it must even be colder. Than it that. was cold. Luckily, we got to wear a lot of a lot of clothes. So. Yeah, you yeah. always have as a tour. You always have that awesome leather jacket. That jacket on. is awesome. Oh, yeah, My the sheepskin dad, jacket. Yeah, the sheepskin yeah. jacket. My dad had that kind of jacket in the eighties, and I remember uh-huh. my mom had it in the closet. There was a, a pair of them in there, and I wish we still had them because I would bust those out right now. And Wear them. You can find those. You can still find those at thrift stores. And that, that, I, I thanked God that I got to wear that thing because, man, it was cold. <laughs> um, but you know, then I just had jeans on and my boots and stuff. So, uh, but you know, we could wear long johns underneath. And, mm-hmm. um, what, what were we talking about? Oh, right. I was. Gonna, I was actually going to ask you another question, um, but uh, let's. Yeah, you let's had an interesting round. interaction oh. with Olivia. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like such disgust. Making fun of uh, making fun of Olivia. Yeah, <laughs> Olivia got Olivia so got funny. pissed. <laughs> oh, she was not having it. Uh-huh, right. You could tell she was like, Mm-mm, oh, no. Man. That was a great scene too because um, you didn't say that much to her, which is great. You just said like, oh, you know, it's like great to meet you, and you gave mm-hmm. her the little bunny ears. But um, I thought it was really cool how Ator was there as as Shelley's support. And the whole time you just you didn't do anything disrespectful other than that, which was more fun, right? Mm-hmm. And you just stood there next to her, and mm-hmm. that and that was it. And it was just such a powerful thing to see someone standing with Shelly, and you're close to you're close to she- Ator is close to Shelly's height, so it's yeah. cool to see them as a force against Olivia, who's also a very impressive person. She's also very yeah. tall. Yeah. yeah, she is. Yeah, she's about my height, I think. Yeah, um, but. Uh, yeah, that yeah, sh- you know, Shelly finally has uh, has a support system and people behind her, and I think you know, I said Ator is very emotionally um, intelligent and sensitive, and I think he saw that right away what was going on there, mm-hmm. without having had it uh, laid out for him. You know, speaking of the sensitivity and the the intelligence. And it's not just book intelligence too. It's like living out there in the world intelligence. Yeah. Uh, how much of how, how much would you say like of you there is in in Ator? How much of yourself did you put in there, and what are some of the qualities that you have there similar to him? Well, I mean, uh, you know, I'm a fairly creative person and introspective, and I think a lot. And my, I actually think probably the thing that most, that most um, jibes with, with, uh, with Ator is the sorts of connections that I make mentally with things like like the the monologue about about um, about Piranha Two. I mean, 
I could probably come up with something similar to that. But I mean, yeah, obviously, that was the writer's genius. Um, <clears throat> but I think that along the way of, of thinking, thinking in a maybe in a different way that than than many people might expect. Are you sad to see Hemlock Grove go? Yeah, always. It's always sad to let go of a let go of a of a project and a character. And I mean. That's the beauty of television is that it goes on for so long. But you know that also part of television is everything comes to an end. So yeah, all good things come to an end. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. man, but it's not over yet unless it's <laughs> like Days of Our Lives. Right, right. That <laughs> <laughs> goes on ad infinitum. Yeah, <laughs> all good things. That was the last episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. That was the title of it. Uh, yeah. Wow. So I feel like, you know, that's that's kind of the same thing that's going on here with Hemlock Grove. And there's a lot of symbolism that they show in in all of the episodes for this season. Like, we have Olivia losing her stuff. She's mm-hmm. get, she's infected by disease. Soon her brain's going to go. Soon she's going to become this horrid monster. There's not going to be any of the old Olivia mm-hmm. left, even though she was kind of a monster anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But the sad thing with Olivia is, like, last episode she lost her materialistic items. Now she's losing her health. And now she and eventually her, and she, her looks. Yeah, yeah, eventually she'll lose her physical looks and her ment her mentality. So mm-hmm. it's like, what's happening? Well, it's just I think it's the the talent of the of the showrunner uh, Chick Eggley and the writers who um, really really gave the the story a, pl- a cool place to go and all the characters exploring different facets of them in that way and like sim- similar to to what price is going through and destiny and peter and i mean they really are uh you know getting getting deep within these people and revealing a lot about them mm-hmm. yeah yeah um we also have uh olivia actually losing her men too because we didn't we were speculating but we didn't quite know that achilla and her were a thing we were like, right. how how is she paying him for this information? And the money's coming not to him, not to him. Well, it's coming to him through Roman, but then it's getting funneled somewhat to her. Mm-hmm. So, and Marissa, you were proposing last time that she was using her extant compelling powers on him, right? Quite possibly. So, do you yes. feel I, there was a scene with them in in the apartment? She was hugging him, and yeah. she was like, he seemed like he was really adamant on going to Florida at first. But then she was like, well, don't go. Is there anything I can do to keep you around? And the way she was hugging him and speaking to his into his ear, mm-hmm. I'm like, she's using her compelling powers on him. She's going to compel him to stay just like she did with Norman where she brainwashed him. Yeah. I don't know. I think she's just using her sexuality on him. I mean, <laughs> she's a very beautiful woman, and like yeah. he's, he's probably into her. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know if that was quite superpowers or just yeah. like woman powers. <laughs> right, right. I thought it was the extent the first time I watched it, and then the second time I was like, yes, maybe it could be that. But I think after following up the conversation she just had with Annie, like men leave, this yeah. is mm-hmm. completely validating her point. Like men just leave in her in her story in her life. It's really yeah. sad. But she wants them men to stick around. She wants him to stick around. Actually, he's the only guy 
that she's got left. She obviously Norman. She ripped his heart out, yeah. because he was going to leave her. Well, she's she's a strange she's a strange uh, character. I mean, she's she's got some Black Widow tendencies. I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. No. Absolutely. So she may she's com- very complicated person. Yeah, she may even do the same thing with Achoa. She'll she'll be loving him one minute, and then the next second she's going to bite his head off. It's possible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like you know something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have read the scripts. You yeah, know, I, was, I was there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of biting stuff, Peter looked like he wanted to bite Achoa's head off this episode. Oh, man, we have seen Peter do totally dark stuff this time, actually. He's really devolving. Uh, you know, from his his humanity, which is funny. Maybe it's some of that that wolf stuff left left over from last season, right? Because he he was not not supposed to turn against the oh, moon, but he right, kept right, doing right, it. Right, 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 right. It might be that, but also the fact that he purposely turned over someone mm-hmm. who he grew close with. So that mm-hmm. was just a personal, and that it also affects his family, his cousin. So I think that was just on a personal level, not yeah. just the werewolf side of him. It's just on a personal level that affected him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we the the whole thing that happened with him is he um, first they find well they do the whole Achoa thing and then um, after that he and Roman go get the body because the, mm-hmm. the Andreas's body is in the car randomly abandoned in some like junk junk lot right the Croatians put it there and they give him the option which was actually kind of nice I guess. Really no? sad, the sad. fact that they dumped his body literally in a junk lot. Like, yeah. the, just the, the actual physical reference was like, he's garbage now. We put him of, where the other garbage but is. But kind of maybe an unwritten code among among uh, criminals. criminals or mm. gangsters yeah. is that you, you give the option of burying mm. the body or not. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, because that's probably what they would want, the option. Right. Right. Do you want to others? Right. <laughs> Maybe. It's a, it's a courtesy. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we have, we just have him pining over it, though, like looking at the body and deciding what to do. And he decides that he wants to have the body be found so that they can do a whole funeral. Marissa, your predictions, uh-huh. right? It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So that's, the prediction is there's a church, right? And mm-hmm. I don't know if the, the Roma people like like to use churches or not, but maybe it's just symbolism in her in well, her vision. I mean, we've established in season one that Romanians like to have a proper funeral, rather it be mm-hmm. like properly beheading someone or just, you know, a proper send-off to someone, so... It would make sense that the Romanian culture would reflect Andreas's funeral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So they um, they ultimately decide that they are going to have his body found. They put it out in some other parking lot, right? And I, when Peter knelt down to the body, you could see he really was lamenting what he did, but he had to do it to protect his cousin and protect everybody else in their clan, mm-hmm. yeah. right? When he closed his eyes, I was like, "No, don't touch, don't touch, man! Like you're gonna leave your DNA. You're gonna you're, you're fingerprints. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah fingerprints. That's exactly what I, thought. Yeah. Yeah. I just think he's he, he's Peter's just gone to a really dark place, having to you know be be, be caught in this catch that he's in. Yeah, yeah. It's like a hard decision that he had to make, but must have happened. And but mm-hmm. he's t- he's recovering from that decision. Yeah, which, or he won't recover no, he's from taking, it. He's taking yeah. he's he's you know experiencing the consequences. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like it's just he him lying to destiny was the hardest thing I've ever seen Peter do, and he he just I, how can you lie? You know he's this he's a character who actually doesn't do the bad thing. And often. how can you lie to a psychic? I know yeah. 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 that would be intimidating. That's dangerous stuff <laughs> yeah. there, bro. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's why. Like later on, you know, we're gonna talk about her nosebleed thing. Oh my gosh! 
Uh-huh. That's just it was just crazy. But when he when he lied to her right at the end of the episode and he embraced her, you could see the pain and anguish in his face. And it was it was way worse than what was going on in Destiny's face, mm-hmm. right? She was obviously heartbroken because he's dead, but with with she Peter, knows. he knows that he killed her. He sent him to his death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ouch. Yeah, 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 and I'm sure that was really tough for him because family is so important, uh, and then and that guy was practically family, and then also, but he he had he really had no choice. Yeah, with with destiny, we get to see in the beginning of the episode that she she was we get to see her escalation mm-hmm. in like finding out what happened to him. It's it's like denial at first, right? It's almost like that with the stages of grief, denial, right? She's, anger. Yeah, she was mm-hmm. denying that he was dead by constantly calling him and being like, "Okay, I'm sure you went off to Vegas with some right. slur, right? Stripper, some stripper, <laughs> but you know, just come on back. I'll forgive you. You know, you're two hours late. Okay, mm-hmm. the girls are gonna take me. So the girls." They go to the bachelorette, or sorry, the bridal shop, mm-hmm. right? And they're picking out the dress. So funny because when they start talking about the colors of the dresses, they're like bone biscuit or I know. beige. <laughs> and they like, keep saying it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm just like white, <laughs> aka white. <laughs> Can't have just white. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Right? You have to have you have to have all those shades yeah, right, as yeah. a bridal shop. It's very technical. And biscuit? Yeah. yeah. Biscuit, yeah. What's biscuit? Like I think biscuit's the darkest it gets. Is yeah. it? Right. Because it could be singed a little it's bit. It's not like burnt yeah. biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but It's a serious thing. Yeah, yeah. So she was getting angry then. Oh, she, very technical, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> wedding dress. Have, have you ladies done that? Have you gone to any bridal shops with your friends, your girlfriends? Yeah, married? but I don't remember hearing those kind of uh, names. No. Uh, no. For the shades, do they have a bunch of different shades of white? They probably do, but it's like, yeah, they, there are different shades of white that you can choose from, but it's never been like, this dress isn't available in five different colors. It's like, oh my God. either you get the biscuit dress or you get the... Oh, <laughs> I see, I see, I see. Well, well like this that, was a very high-end... we're not going to a fancy one. This was yeah. a very high-end, though, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah, we're shopping like downtown LA, so right. it's like. But it doesn't matter because that dress was ruined. Yeah, she bled all over it. It was like a downward fountain waterfall of blood. I thought that was a really cool scene. That right. was. I love the way they do that stuff with Destiny. She always gets like these weird scenes to do. Tio Horn, she's just amazing. Did you get to hang out with Tio? I did. At all? Yeah, yeah. She's a very sweet person. I, I, I she's one of my favorite characters on the show, Destiny. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. She's cool. There, there's so much fan art that is inspired by uh, Destiny, and they, I just see it like all over Instagram. And Tio Horn like puts it up on her Instagram. It's mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. it's it's nice to see that stuff. And one of the iconic scenes is her. Well, definitely from the first season is when she, her eyes were like all black, and she's just like it looks like she's oh, when possessed. When she was uh, when she was in trance, yeah, yeah, when she was in trance and possessed, and then when, when she, she threw up, yeah, and then she <laughs> threw up the little warm guy. Um, but then uh, the next season, the, the, another iconic scene is where she's in the bathtub, drowning herself to get those visions. Mm-hmm. Right, just so fascinating. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. She's a really interesting character, really, and she does a an amazing job with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, we we've interviewed her every season. She's, oh, have you? Yeah, she's yeah. so she's good. Amazing. Have you had Joel, you've had Joel too, right? We've yes. had Joel on. Yes, uh-huh. we interviewed him not in studio, but we had him via Skype. Uh-huh. So he's just he's such a cool guy, yeah, and we're really actually going to interview cool him guy. next week. Yes, oh, you we are? are. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, great. yeah. it's yeah. going to be super cool. We we love talking to him, and we're we're, we're going to have to break down everything about price and talk about oh, all yeah. the facts. Oh, price. there's so many things to talk about. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead. Just a great season for him. 
Absolutely. Fantastic. Even more iconic this season, because again, because of all the flaws that are re- uh, revealed now. Right, mm-hmm. yeah, all of his huma- humanity is coming t- to light. Yeah. Um, so I don't think there's anything else on Destiny unless you guys want to mention something. Other than the fact, I think she knows that Andreas is dead. Yeah. Oh. Well, like how can she not pick that up? Yeah. Well, and nobody ever gave that poor girl a tissue. No, no they just bleeding, bleeding, bleeding. Oh. bleeding. <laughs> you know? Well, Peter's got long hair. She could just grind right. his hair. No, I was talking yeah. about when she's bleeding on her dress. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Her yeah. girlfriends do not seem like they're very nice. They don't seem like they're really true friends. You, you guys get that feeling? <laughs> I, I thought so, too. Yeah. I think, I think they they're are. Just I think they are. I think everyone's just in shock. Yeah. yeah. I think they're just along for the ride. Like, they're probably good girlfriends, but they're just, like, there to participate in the whole, like, getting married thing and just, just to be a part of that. Like, maybe to throw her... They, they they love throwing her the bachelorette party, I'm sure. Right. That they did. <laughs> when yeah. did that one happen? When did the bachelorette party scene happen? Last, last episode. end of the oh, last, last episode, episode. Because she she, they're tingle. like dancing, they're having fun, Andreas right. gets shot, right. and then, right. yeah. She yeah. felt it. She felt it. She knew. Oh, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Right, right when the balls were cut off of the cake. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wah, wah. Uh, well, uh, let's go ahead and ask uh, Richard some more questions uh, about what's going on in your career. Oh, Sure. Yeah, so um, you have some projects coming up pretty soon. Yeah, um, after after we finished shooting um, Hemlock Grove, it was a a coincidence, a happy coincidence that my wife is a, a producer and writer and director. This was actually her first time directing, but she directed a film. Uh, her name is Jenna Madison. She directed a film in um, in Toronto with myself and uh, Rose McGowan and. Christopher Lloyd and Michael Eklund. There's a psychological thriller called Lower Bay, and it's going to come out next year. Mm, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but it was cool that it it happened that way because she came along with me to Toronto, and then she was in pre-production while I was shooting Hemlock Grove, and then when we went into oh, production timing. on yeah. Lower Bay right away. Mm-hmm. You oh. could not get away from the cold. <laughs> no, it was great then, actually. Oh, okay. It was really nice out then. Yeah. Yeah. That's such great connections because you you were there because of Hemlock Grove, and then you worked with Christopher Lloyd while you were on Granite Flats. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's and it's and I worked with uh, Chick Eggly, who who was the showrunner for seasons two and three. I worked with him on Dark Angel. Oh, hmm. yeah. fantastic! He was Dating a all the way back to that. Co-creator of that with, and then we talked about James Cameron in the show. Mm-hmm. Great. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It all comes around. Yeah. Just circle. like this weird snake thing that we don't know about. Oh, the Ouroboros. Yeah, the snake that eats its own tail. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like... That'll come back. It's a little foreshadowing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Are they... uh, So, let's... I think they're they're asking us to wrap it up. Uh, How did you... uh, Real quickly, how did you actually get involved with Hemlock, and what was your audition process like? Um, Well, I didn't audition for this one. Um, It it was more of uh, uh, Chick Eggly, who was the showrunner, who who was co-creator of and showrunner on Dark Angel. I worked with him back then, and then he uh, he he and I connected over the summer uh, before uh, summer of 2014 uh, because I was up in Toronto doing a film up there um, called Gridlocked, and he was and I well I my wife and I binge watched season two of Hemlock Grove because we really mm-hmm. dug season one also. And uh, we were like, oh, it was so great. And I, I got to write Chick and tell him how great it was. So I wrote him. I said, season 
too is so excellent and then he he's like hey i, I said we're up in canada and we binge watched your show and he's like where are you i'm in canada i said i'm in toronto he's like i'm in toronto let's let's meet for lunch so we met for lunch and, and he and he kind of uh, pitched me this role and i was like well sign me up i'm on board yeah that's so great yeah. easily mm-hmm. done mm-hmm. yeah that's so awesome. that's that's how it went down <laughs> so tell tell us more about your your you know everything like your backstory like leading up like you 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 said you're from thousand oaks right uh here in california which is not too far away from la very close to la right so how how was your whole career how did it evolve how did you get to this point well it's a strange thing that i ever turned out to be an actor because (laughs) because when i was a kid my my mom and my grandmother forced me to audition for a a movie called Mr. Mom, if y'all remember that <laughs> movie. Yes. There was an uh, you know open call for the kids, and, and I was a very shy kid. And they took me down there, and I I failed miserably because you know they wanted a gregarious, outgoing kid. Um, and that was the last I thought I would ever do, ha- be involved with with that sort of thing. And, um, and then my my sisters did some extra work. My mom wanted us to do extra work when we were, we were older. Um. And I didn't want to do that. And um, then I, I, I took a, I was pretty shy, so I took an acting, I took a theater class in high school to kind of overcome that. My guidance counselor, he's like, you, well, you, you want to overcome shyness? You can take uh, speech or, or or theater class. And I, th- I thought theater sounded much more interesting, so I took it, and it just, I, I clicked with it, and I fell in love with it. And um, I've been, uh, been doing it ever since. Yeah. So you did some really like. You did an iconic show, Dark Angel. Mm-hmm. And you were a regular on that show for years. Right. Yeah. 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 So I that was my first my first real big job. I went to uh, UC Santa Cruz and I studied theater arts there, and I I worked with this um, professional repertory theater there called Shakespeare Santa Cruz, and then I um, came down to LA immediately after after graduating, and I kind of hit the pavement, and I. Uh, I paid my dues, and I ended up on uh, on Dark Angel, fortunately, and um, and I've been working since then. Yeah, and even just within the last couple of years, you've had some really good roles too. Like you, you've been on, like we mentioned earlier, Granite Flats, mm-hmm. where you played uh, the chief of police, Sanders, mm-hmm. on there, and uh, you, I, I love. I love your character there, by the oh, way. Oh, thanks. I love how, like, even just in the pilot, they, they focus so much on you there, like going around investigating, patrolling mm-hmm. the town, dealing with disputes. I really dug uh, working on that show. It was, it was a great experience. I'm really thankful for it. Um, but what what I find so cool about that show is that it, it, it's something that uh, families can watch together because it's that, that, that was what they had in mind when mm-hmm. they created it. There's so much that you know the the kids stuff is not accessible to adults, and then the adult stuff not very accessible to the kids, and the parents especially don't want them to see it. So this is a good middle ground, you know, that, that families can enjoy together, and uh, and uh, it's it makes me happy in a way that 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 that's something I was able to be a part of. And yeah, you had a good run on there. You you had three seasons, and then you got Christopher Lloyd to come in and work with you. Right? During yeah. Well, that's how two. I met him. He, that guy is so talented. Uh, what a what a and a really kind man. Really, but he's so talented. I love watching him work, and uh, uh, it was great that he that he just that he agreed to do uh, Lower Bay too. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have like two interesting connections with Christopher Lloyd. I actually randomly saw him in Santa Barbara walking down State Street one time. Oh, he lives out there, yeah. Yeah, and it was just so nice. I was like, oh my God, yeah. it's Dr. Brown, you uh-huh. know? And I just got, I just said, Mr. Lloyd, Mr. Lloyd, you know, I just did like the typical like fan thing, uh-huh. fanboy thing. I took a picture with him. It was great, you know, to meet him. And he's he's really impressively tall, too. He's about your he height. He's tall, and he's in good shape. Yeah. He's like, he's like very fit, fit yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Great Scott. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's funny. And then uh, you had, you also had uh, the the movie Dark Places that you were in with Charlize Theron, right? And yeah, you played Luke Cates in that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I haven't seen the film, but I did read the book, and it's it's uh, it's a really good. I, I just read the sample though, but it's a great book. And I, I want to see the film just to see how you it should. turns out. You should. The film, I think, the film was really well done. I think the director. Uh, really did it justice really did the story justice and the performances were all spot on you know uh, I, was, I was really really drawn in by that film yeah. amazing good. yeah it's amazing well there uh, I think that about does it for us unless oh well oh, let's go ahead and do yeah let's do our predictions to wrap sure. up the show Okay. Your After Buzz TV yeah. prediction. All right, that's the quick prediction time. Oh, okay. <laughs> the quick one. Okay, so I'm. Uh, let's go ahead and start off with Mary Lou. All right, so I don't have so much of a prediction, of more of a plea. Like, please, can we know what's going on with the baby? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, so I predict that it's got to happen in the next episode because it's driving me nuts. I want to know what's going on over there. Mm. I predict that Ator won't die because his whole conversation with Shelley in the theater talking about you know the world is pretty much destroying itself because of mankind's involvement with the environment i think he knows what's going on he's he's telling the audience the foreshadowing hey the end is near and if so he knows he has that survival instinct so i don't think he'll die because i think we were speculating that he will i don't think he will mm-hmm. so i'm gonna keep my predictions to myself okay. <laughs> how about a tease do you want to tease anything at us Oh, man, there's so much yet to come. You you have no idea. <laughs> okay, great. Um, I'm Andreas g- is dead. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna, uh, stick to my prediction saying that Atori is going to die because I feel like Olivia is just going to... She just wants Shelly back so badly. Whether it's 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 going to be Olivia kills Ator and then we have Shelly. You're giving me like the scrunchy eyes mm. over there. What's going on? I'm, you, I'm know, just, you don't agree with me? I'm thinking of Annie because I think... I think I speculate Annie's going to die as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. But Ator will live because mm-hmm. we had the whole nice conversation with Annie and, and Olivia in yeah. this episode. So mm. I feel like a will lot Shelley of... Will Shelly kill Annie? I feel like a lot or, of I mean, characters will Olivia, die. But do you have any predictions Annie? on how they will die? No. I think I, Olivia will kill Annie. I got <laughs> I got Olivia killing Ator. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is there a thing like if Olivia kills Annie, <laughs> then she gets her like youth back or something weird like that? Oh, I mean, anything's man. possible. Oh no, but she's got the <laughs> parasite nice. infecting mm. her, the tumor. There's no way she's gonna. But get like out the of that only one. cure is eating your baby. The only cure is eating other root peers. Yeah. But no, no way. No, but no, that's not. No way. But it's not a cure though. Yeah, yeah. eating other root peers is not a cure. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't even. No, but like it. if it's like actually her DNA. Mm. I just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's right. That, Shelly, I Shelly still think Roman's <laughs> going to kill Olivia. Shelly yeah. too, Priscilla. She was her DNA. Mm. So, but she no. was still, she still must have been infected at that point. But anyway, let's. Priscilla, what, oh, Priscilla you mean? Oh, you mean, um, you mean uh, Olivia was still infected at that point? Um, yes, yes, she yes, was, yes, and then she got better. Yeah. Maybe she got worse. I hear music. Are we yeah. cut yeah. off? Yeah, we're wrapping yeah. it up right yes. here. Uh, let's right. go ahead and hear where uh, we can follow everybody at. You can find me on all social media at Mary Lamando, and you can follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV. 
Richard? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Richard Gun Inc. That's my name and I N C. Okay, very good. And uh, you guys can find me at Sean Austin O. That's S E A N A U S T I N O on Twitter and Instagram. And be sure to check out my book, City of Angels and Discontent, on the iTunes iBookstore and download it. Uh, give me a rate and review and let me know what you guys think. Thanks so much, and we'll talk with you guys next week. Thank you for joining us. Yes, yeah, thank uh, you. My pleasure. Sure. Thanks for having me. It's really fun. <laughs> yeah. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.